Hello and welcome to a special edition of The Big Show. This is Dim Lights and Stiff Drinks, the Dive Bars of Seattle, a Bob Trombley production. How you doing today, Bob? Hey, now. We're interested in those roadhouses, watering holes, and lounges with a long history and an interesting backstory. But we're also interested in partying at events thrown by our friends and yes. friends of the show. Lloyd, today we are at Occidental Square for the Pioneer Square Summer Market, an event organized by honorary Dim Light member Lloyd. Yes, Lloyd it's Gregory. A, it's a street fair essentially. Arts, crafts, bands, vendors, all the things you love about Seattle in the summertime. It is, and Lloyd did a fabulous job of curating those bands. I've heard three of them so far, and all the bands kick ass, Bob. Would you yeah. agree? Yeah, so if you want to check it out, head over to PictureSeattle.online, and there's a full band lined up with videos as well. Oh, that nice. It's a beautiful part of town, if I may say so. It is, and also here... Special guest. ...is we're celebrating at the best seat in the house, right across from Occidental Park, where the event is, is the Meyer. And our listener knows the Meyer and its owner, Avout, frequent contributor to the show, and he's here today. Avout, welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me. Thank you. Thank you. All right. So, uh, Avout, what's the scene here today? Usually you open at 3. We, yeah, we open a little early today because we want to accommodate the people who are coming down to the event. But yeah, here for the event, and of course, uh, the, the weather didn't help this time, but uh, we wanted to accommodate and make sure that... Uh, you know, we f- that we feel at least we do our part to be part of this event and have a bit of a na- be, the, be the neighbor, be the good neighbor. You know, um, I love this neighborhood. I think uh, it's got about a lot of bad rep over the years for CD uh, general CD. Yeah, and I don't even know if it's I don't know. It's the same everywhere you go in Seattle. There's good days, bad days. We've had them here in Pioneer Square. We lost a lot of. Uh, businesses over the years. I'm glad I'm here. I think this is a beautiful part of town. And I, I don't know if I've said this before. People like to say how, uh, you know, how they miss Seattle and old, the old times and, you know, it's gone and we'll never come back. And I say... The 90s, you should have been here in the 90s. Yeah, well, go to... Pioneer Square, joint cover, place was jumping. Go to Pioneer Square now. This is how how it was all the time. It's never changed much. We lost a lot of businesses, but the vibe is still the same. The, biz- the buildings are there. And uh, correct. Yes. Right. 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 And not just here, uh, all of Pioneer Square has that. There are at least a uh, hundred stories to every post address on this uh, block, you know what I mean? It's been a, a million things. Every building has lost a million businesses, has lost a million floors over all the earthquakes. This used to be, I believe, a four-story building at some point. You know, and every earthquake to take one down, and and now we're down to one floor. I didn't think it worked that way. I thought the whole building came down. But there's so much, so much stuff that's happened, and we're not even talking about what's going on below us. The, the floors below us that used to be the the, the Seattle facade. Underground yeah, when they raised yeah. it up. Yeah. Yeah. There's a storefront right below us. We could. We know where we're gonna go. <laughs> we could. If it's, it's probably turned. The alarm's probably turned on. It's, but yeah, there's a, 
there's a sign of old barbershop, a, a tile mosaic sign. Wow. Haircuts, that five cool. cents, whatever. Uh, Wait, is it your alarm or the city's alarm? It's the landlord's alarm. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm not paying enough money to uh, have them turn it off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. So let's um, talk about, uh, well, actually, I was going to introduce Lloyd at some point, but Lloyd's working his ass off out there. Yeah. Lloyd's been a member of the Pioneer Square community for about five plus years now and just really enjoys the community and wants to give back. So kind of like Avout said, you know, we love the community and we were going to give back give back to it. So that's kind of what this party's all about. And Lloyd threw it on his back, like organizing the bands, organizing the vendors. Uh, did all the booking, got the permitting. You know, shout out to uh, Councilwoman Sarah Nelson for coming down here and saying hello as well. So, yeah, yeah right on. part of the community. Our faithful listener knows that whenever we have a Pioneer Square episode, Lloyd's joined us. So we had Lloyd at Merchants, we had Lloyd at Central. Yeah, he's been on the, on the mic as well. Yeah, That's right, that's right. Um, so, uh, Brad, I believe I asked you to do a little homework for this episode and try to find some history in this building, because all the history since Save Out brought the joint he's going to tell us about, but what was here before? like Rod Steiger in the Pombroke. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we had a nickel. Now, we do have a few crime stories associated with bats. Oh, really? Is this Satan's Pilgrims? Time to call up the squad car, Satan's. We got a, we got a double homicide. Wow. 
Princess the Wonder Dog. Yeah, literally. That's amazing. Why don't more people do it, right? Hire some out-of-shape guy to stand there and uh, not be afraid to do anything because he's getting sued. Just... <laughs> the man oh, himself. Hey, what's up, fellas? What are you finding in the mire here? Right on. You, you hear that voice? Lloyd is here. Lloyd. How's it going? talking about you. So uh, you worked your ass off to put this together, am I right? Yeah. Yeah, a little bit every day, though. Really not. It wasn't really a work at my ass off kind of thing. Uh, it was just like nibbling and away at it for about a year. You know, I put out a survey to all the businesses nine months ago. I saw the, the post, and, and it was, you're going to enjoy this, Brad, time for another potlatch, right? And if you look at our music lineup, it, we threw a potlatch here. Everybody's represented both, like, ethnically and culturally through music, you know what I mean? Like, right now there's a punk band playing. Say it again. Said, all you need is a boisterous parade. And right. Well, there was. There was a boisterous parade. Puppy we parade. Had a, yeah, a puppy parade and pooch pageant. And uh, it was quite a good time. We got streamers for all the kids. So the kids walked, walked dogs and, like, you know, they kind of look like sparklers, which is why I liked them, except they're not flammable. You flip them around like the gymnasts have, you know, ship, mm-hmm. ship, ship, ship. Mm-hmm. You know, they whip their hands around like the streamers. Shoo, shoo. Yeah, so the nice. kids walked around with those little streamers on a stick, walking dogs. And what what was the inspiration for this party, Lloyd? I think I see where you were going the with this. The potlatch. You're like, yeah, totally the potlatch. All the cool neighborhoods have street fairs. Why not Pioneer Square? Right, totally. Yeah, that's a big thing too. Why? Why does the first original neighborhood, I think, arguably the prettiest neighborhood, the most culturally significant neighborhood outside of Chinatown, why why didn't it have its own block party? It seemed kind of ridiculous. And then you find out, like, all you have to do to throw a block party is throw a block party? <laughs> is that simple? What, you have to get some special permits and stuff like Yeah. Yeah. Actually, no, this is all unpermitted. But if, uh, if you hear the you cops, there's part of me that thinks I could have got away without one. Because, no, like, the band that's playing now, no, for real, the, bla- what, the really? band that's playing right now is part of it, and I, I should be watching them, the, the Beverly Crusher. The Beverly Crusher, is that the great greatest name ever after the Star Trek surgeon? Yes, well, they're right. a punk band that threw a party with, like, five or other, five or so other bands, Shana Shepard included. In Judkins Park, mid-pandemic, high times pandemic, because they were like, why? Right? Everybody else gets to do some bullshit out in the streets, whatever, right? Yeah, so they just went to the park and they put on a concert. And it was fantastic. So it was the most punk rock thing I've... Yeah, it's so punk rock. And they're, like, they're a literal punk band, right? Like a hardcore band. All right, the listener has another question. Uh, yeah. You got to tell us, guys, what's a potlatch? Potlatch. Well, I think it's a, it's one of those... Um, potluck? Yeah, well, that's what they say it comes from. I think it was, it was Chinook jargon. Chinook jargon, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It was a big celebration. Like a change of gifts and a big 
That's right. Thanks. Yeah. So, yeah, so what it was, and I don't, I'm not sure if it's real or Chinook Wawa. So they had big parties, and and how you earn status, the potlatch was all about giving, like giving, like it's the like biggest a white party. Santa party. What? And what's it called? White elephant. White elephant. Thank you. Yeah, yeah, but you brought something, or it's actually, in my house. Nah, it's mostly thrown by a few people that could afford to throw a party for everybody they loved, which is everybody, right? So and this is the first annual Pioneer Square Potlatch. It is. No, it's. No, did you see? You ever see the logo? It's like a potlatch totem. Yeah, I love it, and it's on my coloring books. I made coloring books there, so I will. I, I still think it's the return of the golden potlatch, whether we call it that or not. You know, like we're here. Yeah, I think it's great. And Very then nice. what's what I what I loved about it, and and what you guys are gonna like, I know you're into it. Is the they called it organized optimism, and in the early optimist club. You know, like it started there, and it and, and our first Father's Father's Day started in June, during the first potlatch. Well, like one of the first celebrations of Father's Day. Day. Is that what you're saying? It was part of the they part of the potlatch parade was the Father's Parade, and and uh, fathers got to walk with their kids through the center, and people like clap. Yeah. Very nice. So yeah. yeah, you've done a good job here today. The bands are killer. Let's uh, give a shout out to some of the people. This isn't going to be broadcast till then, but Beverly yeah. Crusher is oh, on yeah. right now. Yeah. Quick rundown of the lineup, Lloyd, if you could. Sure. Yeah. We started with Mr. Chatman, friend of mine from the neighborhood, but longtime Rasta man, uh, dance hall reggae guy. Folk nice. life, we went, you might have seen him. Closes out folk life every every weekend, every year. Yeah. Oh, cool. And then AG Joints, hip-hop artist. Yeah, hip super great from Tacoma. Yeah. And he's like, watch his videos on Instagram. Like his videos are really great. Like he's a machinist. So he'll hear beats like come down from the machines. And then he'll like have these like quizzical looks on his face in the video. And then like, whatever. And like his beats flow from these like industrial sounds. 90s boom bap style. Yeah, and that was only the second act. So there was Cherry Ferrari. Oh yeah, that's a great name, Cherry Ferrari. Yeah, they're great. Pilot Seat. No, they're a boy girl pop band, so sweet. Almost like New Wave, well not New Wave, but yeah. Yeah, kinda. Cherry Ferrari. And then, um. Cherry Ferrari. Right, yeah. And Pinky Tuscadero, that was her sidekick, right? Um, and then mid-pack, these guys from up north that just lay down the I funk. I that's you heard. That's who. When, when yep. we were coming back, we heard that. And then uh, now the Beverly Crusher who's playing, and they're really going hard. I got to go. Yeah. Uh, but no, then there's one more band, Reposado, oh, which lay down. Fun. They're called Te Tequila Is Funk. Five, five they're kind of like if James Brown was led by... A Cuban Afro All Star, you know, like he's a, I don't know, nice. yeah, you know, like that. You remember band. that uh, that Huge that album that came out? Cuban, yeah, it doesn't matter. Go ahead. What? Uh, I, yeah, I think I know where you're going with this. That sort of. Uh, it's uh, just funk swing, call and response. It's gonna send the the crowd out just like feeling good. Right on. Sorry, everybody, you missed it.
Yeah. Well, until right. the next one. Sounds. I'm going to go get some sounds now. All right. Lloyd's going to get back to it. Thank you for making a minute. All right. And there's Lloyd working his ass off. Shucking um, so, uh, hey Val, we've got to go back to you. We've got yeah. to talk about, we're, we're sitting in a booth, and there's Hot. something on the table. Hot secret. It's a very nice bull rug. Which, oh, if, yeah. our, if our listeners remember, it has been referenced before in our earlier podcast. This has been. That's right. About. We, talked about, we talked about the Meyer a little bit at the. On the table. Um, yes. Rugs on the at table. At the Jules Mays yes. episode, because, Avat, oh. you're also yeah. the originator of what you now know as Jules Mays. Uh, yes. What's up with rugs on the bar? I could, I'm throwing up on it. I'm sweating on it. I'm spilling my drink. And these are real wool rugs. You can't throw them in the washing machine. No, you can't. Well, you can, but they don't come out right. Way, that's why we don't invite Lee to our house. <laughs> 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 yeah. And no, this is not a Tide commercial. Um, yeah, these are just, uh, you know. Uh, it's a Dutch any, thing. Yeah, if you go to a Dutch neighborhood bar, um, I'm not saying that every Dutch neighborhood bar has these rugs, but it's a cl- classic detail in an old school Dutch neighborhood bar. And I wanted to, uh, you know, I know it, it was foreign enough for the average American to wonder what the hell is a rug doing in a bar. And I, and I don't know. I don't know why they have them in Holland, but it looks good. And it's it, it's wonderful. It warms it up. <laughs> it the does, neighborhood. Yeah. It makes it like it, you're Very in, homey. You're the in difference, a, you're in a little house. It's It adds so much. The difference is uh, is that the, the Dutch bar rug, you can pick up from a table and you can set it up right in the corner of the room and it's all crusty and it won't, it won't fold. <laughs> These we replace every year. Oh, and the and Dutch bars, there, those are the there's same a description. ones that have been there forever? I think so, yes. That, yeah. well, that <laughs> crusty rug description is the kind of kind of description you don't need an image to confirm it. <laughs> right. Huh. It's crazy. Even the tassels are uh, crusty, but not uh, not our tassels. Come to the Meyer. No, our tassels no, are soft. Tassels here. Yeah. Yeah, Clean no, tassels. This is, yeah. a, this is a nice place, folks. <laughs> this is top notch. <laughs> top notch tassels. You spill your beer <laughs> elsewhere. No, we scrub... <laughs> I, I, I scrub the puke out of it if it uh, need be. Uh, I do that, you know. We, we try to we try to be nice. I'll but, make uh, it out to the street this time. I promise. Yeah, you got a great selection of uh, beers on tap. You got two full tap handles. Uh, Jeremy, you want to do a little mini what you drinking? Yeah, let's do the it. Let's here, do it. So don't bag on his tap <laughs> handles. <laughs> I won't. In fact, just the opposite. There's a lot to unpack with what's on tap. Um, also, I think one of the first times we talked about what's in cans, like 99.9% of the time we're drink, talking about draft stuff, so we'll talk about some cans. But yeah, like I said, a, a split of, uh, of various uh, tap handles. Uh, another interesting phenomenon what's on tap here. We kicked off this podcast talking about one local beer that we just kept seeing over and over. And that was... Nazi punks. Nazi punks. Nazi punks. No. No. Bodhisattva. Oh, right. Yeah. And, <laughs> and we talked about how, how common or how frequently we've seen it in dive bars and how that, you know, thumbs up from all of us because it's a fucking great beer. But this, I think this emphasizes one, uh, a beer that might be knocking that off its post. And this is the Sea Pine IPA, which is another beer we found at quite a few dive bars and Double thumbs up because it's a fucking great beer, right? So, yeah, 
Yeah, yeah. Amen. Because yeah. if, we, if we see it in places like this, then glory, hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. And you have Nazi punks fuck off in cans. And, yes, I, would, I was going to wait till what you're drinking for Brad, because literally you are drinking that. And we, it sounds like, from what we've been discussing here, that Nazi Punk's Fuck Off has got the, uh, the uh, potential to be quite a dive bar popular hot sell. Because... Well, I don't, you know, I have to be honest with you. Um, I don't really get involved in the beer selection as I used to. Uh, I have... Um, I have never... Here's a funny thing. Ever since I moved to the States, I kind of switched from beer to drinking liquor. I don't know why that is. Yeah. Uh, but I do. Uh, I do like. I do like my uh, pilsners and lagers. Not a big IPA drinker. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but of course, uh, we try to stay true to our uh, Seattle neighborhood uh, the neighborhood bar that we are right and provide yeah. uh, local products you, you serve what the locals are drinking and right. so totally. uh, back in the day there was a lot of uh, mac and jacks oh yeah know, oh yeah absolutely uh, but you know things have changed so much yep. uh, there is a ton of um, breweries all over the place now um, do you have Georgetown here? I can't remember. Well that's what yeah Bodhisattva yeah there's Manny uh, oh, Manny's on tap right now yeah yeah uh, so the, and, the, and, the, and the cool thing about those guys is that they do offer, you know, different products uh, at a reasonable price because we we are not necessarily a beer bar where we have 600 handles. We only have 12 or eight or nine, and you know we can't have every IPA in the you oh, know, right. in the neighborhood on, on our on our taps. Yeah. It's just impossible. And we actually lost. Uh, uh, which kind of pains me. We lost our Heineken handle because of uh, uh-huh. COVID. Uh, that's impossible to get anymore. So, really? Yeah. Oh, a supply chain thing? I think so. I don't know. Huh, I don't know why we couldn't get it, but we didn't. Another one bites the dust. So Heineken is around, but not here at the Meyer. You know, but we I still have the whole flip offs, uh, flip the flip tops. I think what you just described is is possibly a uh, very much a Seattle phenomenon. I don't know if it's a Northwest phenomenon, but the fact that we talk, we're in a dive bar in Seattle and how, you know, we're not a big bar, but we have 12 handles, right? right. So, I mean, you, you, when you think of, there's this a lot a of lot. air. Yeah, it, totally. It's a lot of great, and these are all awesome draft beers to have uh, on on tap. And, you know, other bars in other parts of the world, you know, you're going to get one or two. Right. <laughs> One of those is going to be like a Miller Light or a Coors Light or a Bud Light or something like that, and then, you know, something fancy you have like any, Corona. Uh, American Standard on tap, uh, like Bud Light Coors. Uh, yeah, there's a there's a PBR over there, and um, PBR Dive Bar Stalwart. Yeah, for sure. PBR yeah, Street, yeah. Uh, Coors Light is over there. Oh, you got the Silver Bullet on tap. That's right. You we serve have, what the uh, people drink, man. And uh, which is great nowadays. Everybody's looking for Bud Light. 
right? No, no. <laughs> no, where you're at, this is, I mean, the parade starts here for the Sounders games, the march to the match, they call yes. it. Yes. Yeah. That starts in Occidental Square right across the street. Correct. So you're probably serving a lot of buds and bud lights to the stadium crowd, right? Uh, yeah, but that is uh, very dependent on the crowd. You yes. Know, uh, baseball, soccer, football. I mean, the, these people are vastly different, you know, in, in what they do and how they... A, a baseball crowd doesn't necessarily drink all that much. Um, Fucking pussies, is that what you're calling? Uh, <laughs> 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 soccer crowd is drinking, but I can tell you the match. Correct, uh, but I think the soccer, the, the soccer guys are on a mission. They go to the match and then they come here to drink afterwards. Um, you know, uh, football people are... Um, uh, drinking from the trailer and then uh, or the back of the picket truck and and go to and, and, and drink all day you know it's it's just different tailgate uh, tail yeah the tailgate they, they like BYOB what's that so it's more session style beers uh, yeah and also it depends on who your opponent is I mean um, it's a when Houston chase. comes to town look out as opposed to the Blue Jays a different different kind of people the Canadians from Vancouver you know, there are, they're looking not, for a Labatt's? Yeah, yeah, I don't know what. Uh, yeah, the Labatt's and the Molson. The Molson. Yeah. Molson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We actually have, I think we did have Molson on tap for what, I forget what the event was. Maybe it was some Canadian. Cocaine. Anyway. Cocaine. Uh, oh, yeah. Cocaine. Cocaine. What's that? How do you pronounce Cocaine? Whenever those <laughs> Toronto people are in town, I cannot yeah. sell enough Coke. Yeah. It's just flying out the door here. <laughs> um, but you know, uh, it's, a, it's you know, uh, we are not necessarily. Uh, I don't think this place is anything in particular. It's, uh, but it does have a character. I, I do believe it has a character. You know, if you walk into Meyer, this is not like any other bar. No, definitely. Has but character. we're not trying to be uh, a beer bar or a cocktail lounge or whatever it is. We're a little bit of all, you know. And it's, it's, a it's its own. Bar. It's its own thing. It's a neighborhood bar. Yes. It was uh, four walls and a floor. So you were you kind of like head designer design Yeah. 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 No, I, I, it, it, uh, a man of many talents for our listener that has a person. So well, you, you see, didn't have to just pay a guy. Think of a bar. You pretty much have a plan. And did a lot of the work. Well, I don't know, man. I, don't, I hate to say this, but there was no plan. Um, it was just there. <laughs> like I got my, I got these stools from somewhere, and I got this bar from Online. somewhere, and I'm gonna make it nice. But I did have a, vi- I do have, you know, whenever I get involved, myself involved in situations like these, uh, I do have a vision about what it needs to look like. I mean, uh, I've been in enough bars in my life to know what I like and what I don't like, you know, and it's, it's about uh, you got to create a vibe, and. Um, as much as it's about drinking alcohol, your favorite alcohol, it's less about what kind of brand you're selling and more about what makes people feel comfortable coming here, you know. And yeah, I, that's and, a good way to put it. And, and, the, and, exactly the, and, the, and the rugs. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, even like the lighting, I'm looking around, there's no bright lighting. It's all like kind of soft, ambient lighting. Right. Colors. Yeah, yeah. And you, know, you have to kind of put that together. And yeah, but, the, but lighting... Lighting is is key, yeah. and uh, you can you go to so many places where they, 
they, they totally screwed yeah, it up. Yeah, it's like you know. I walked into Ikea. It's right, exactly, yeah. Right. Yeah, it, it's, it's like, okay. and the ceiling looks way far away. And yeah. If you go into a bar and it reminds you of an Ikea, you should probably leave. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> the IKEA bar. I Nothing mean, wrong like with IKEA, no, but no. <laughs> yeah. No, but but that's exactly it. And they probably went there for their light fixtures, uh, and it looks like shit. It looks like sh I'm sorry. <laughs> Is this uh, for uh, Sunday broadcast? Can I swear? Uh, yeah, no, you can say all those words. Okay. Highly it's, irreverent. It, it is just um, you know uh, you got to take the extra effort in making making the place look acceptable by hiding what is not important and uh, you know other things pop up these little uh, lights here on the table you know that's the only light we have here but it creates a vibe I mean everybody looks pretty right, yes, right the now sconces in the booths will make everybody look fabulous so come on down to the mire yeah, I come mean, on down it, and get some it's, it's nothing I don't get think it's some. rocket science well did you take into account where you're at when you were building it to oh yeah definitely no, no, square like I want to fit in here yeah I know this this location as you look at the windows and all the, the trees and everything you know and the old buildings it just has a vibe you know and uh, again people like to trash talk Pioneer Square uh, but I don't think that I don't think they come here very often uh, uh, we're going to a bit of a, a there's a basketball flying by. Uh, we're going to a bit of a tough spot, or we have been, but things are definitely looking, you know, better, and people are opening up businesses. So I'm definitely not the only person who sees the beauty of this neighborhood, you know. But oh it, yeah, we never talk trash about Pioneer Square here at Dim Lights and oh. Stiff Drinks. <laughs> We celebrate Pioneer Square. Good. Yeah. 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 Has there been a neighborhood we've been to that wasn't celebratory in one way or another, right? We're there for the bars. The neighborhoods anchor the place. And the, the history and the vibe and the enjoyment we have definitely extends those fantastic neighborhoods. Yeah. Yeah. And as a master segue, let's do a little mini where we're at. <laughs> where, where are we Good at? self intro there. Yeah. Hello. We've been here several <laughs> times, so our listener knows all the history of Pioneer Square. Um, so let's talk about exactly where we're at. We all know Henry Yesler built a sawmill here, and boom, a town started. But we're right across the street from Occidental Park. Out. And you're here. It's called Occidental Park. It's also called Occidental um, or Occidental Square, that's what most people think of it. I think it's technically both, but it's not. If you don't, if you've never been here, it's not like bring the blanket and let the kids run around. No, it's not that kind of park. It's not. It's a square. <laughs> it can be, but it's cobblestone not. street. Yeah, you will see people sleeping on blankets there. But Avout, so you're here uh, in the mornings. You're here in the afternoons. You're here at night, right across the street from Occidental Park. So. Uh, Tell us what's the scene in Occidental Park. Well, it depends on the time of day. And uh, in all honesty, I'm not I'm not often here at night, like late at night. Um, weeknights, when I'm here late, it's usually a quiet uh, with just people who are here dining or maybe uh, there was a baseball game or something. People get out of the game. But other than that, I don't see a lot of street people, for instance. Really? Because they are... During the pandemic, this 
was the camp, probably. Oh right? yeah, no. D during the pandemic, the whole downtown was uh, yeah. was was it was yeah. a camp. It was a camp, yeah. yeah. And I'd yeah. say this is the first summer. It kind of feels like it's almost kind of feels like it's back to back where. To yes. It kind of feels yeah. like it's about there. Yeah, it was it was there. La it was like that last year, but there were definitely flare-ups, and I don't want to be disrespectful to people who have to live their lives on the streets. Uh, it's just a. Uh, it, 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 you know, a, a different, a different, a different vibe today than two years ago. Um, and uh, I, I think it also has to do with the fact that there are a lot of um, uh, people in this neighborhood that are trying to help homeless folks. You know, and they have shelters here where they go at night, and uh, as opposed to maybe a place like uh, Belltown or something where there's less of that. And also, shout out for the day-to-day, -day, uh, the DSA, the Downtown Seattle Association, and the uh, Metro Ambassadors. They've uh, really helpful for the community, you know, at large. So, shout out. Much right appreciated. Um, I do have uh, one of the cool things in Occidental Park. The most striking feature is that bronze statue of the Fire four firefighters. You know what I'm talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it's amazing. It's very striking. The detail and the kinetic aspect of the statues is very impressive. I'd agree. It was yeah. made in 1995. It's also kind of funny, like, if you're coming from the game, you might be kind of fucked up. I walked right into him when I first saw him one night, coming from the game. And they're really pointing their cannons right at you. They're very lifelike. I love that sculpture. But it was made in 95 as a tribute to four firefighters that lost their lives in a Chinatown yes, that was warehouse yeah, fire. Yeah. And it's also a tribute to all firefighters that have lost their life in the line of duty. But the story of the fire that um, inspired that sculpture is really cool. It's kind of crazy and ultimately a sad story. So I don't want to get too far in the weeds on this beautiful day. So let me just give you the, the overview. So the building was owned and operated by Mary Pang's Food Products. Uh, theirs was an American success story in 1963. They started their own brand of Chinese frozen Chinese food, very successful. And their adopted son was a total shitbird of a human being uh, who fancied himself a playboy, but he was really just a trust fund jackass, you know, schmuck. schmuck. And the frozen food business started declining in the 90s, and he started pressuring his parents. You need to sell that building. You need to get rid of it. This isn't going anywhere. And they refused. And he started telling his friends, hey, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to burn it down so that we can get the insurance money for it. And uh, yeah, so when he actually did set it on fire, it was no shortage of evidence that he was the one that did it. And he was on the run. And so when the blaze started and the firefighters got there, they made good progress and they they thought the fire was out. But what they didn't know was that there was a um, there was a basement in the place that you couldn't tell. It was an unpermitted um aftermarket changes so the whole first floor was sitting on what are called stem walls and essentially they're not carefully designed for load bearing purposes and the fire had crept into the basement so they thought they had it out they saw there was a fire in a back room and like 12 guys went in to put it out and once they got in they realized it was super hot in there like way hot for a fire in the back room and the lieutenant was like Oh shit, everybody get out! But it was too late and the floor collapsed. And four people like fell 20 feet into an, inferno. Into an inferno. Yeah. Exactly. Like a real life backdraft. Yeah. What year did that happen again? 
95, the first year I moved to town. Yeah, do you remember what a big story that was? No, I I just moved to town. I because it happened in January, and I got here like in February or March. It was a big global news. Oh, really? Yeah, and it also became an international kind of crime story because the guy went to his place in SoCal. Well, I'll just say I was in SoCal when the fire happened. And then he heard four firefighters died. He was like, oh, shit. And he went to Mexico. And then he heard the DA is charging you with four murder charges. <laughs> so he went to Brazil because they didn't have a clear extradition. Exactly. And the way it works is like you're in Brazil, it would be manslaughter if someone died in your arson fire. And so they negotiated. And this is where the city... We take care of our own, right? We'll get you. And they, he was, they, they said, we're not bringing him back unless you drop those charges down to manslaughter. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah, come on back. That manslaughter's fine. And they just threw the book at him. So he was thinking, uh, 10 years, I'll be out in five. It was 35, and he didn't get out until... No leniency. Yeah, they denied parole every time automatically, and he did 25 years. I think he just got out this year. Yeah. So, uh, firefighters go down, cops go down, you're going down too. Hard. Our last episode from Finney Ridge, they chased a guy to Southern California just for shooting at $30. I don't know, man. 25 years. They do take care of their own. Uh, Yeah. So, that's uh, the one where we're at story I got. Oh, we should say in honor of Pride March, the first Pride March in 77 started. That's right. This is early June. We're. Tipping it off. That's right. Our ep- previous episode at the Crescent. Yep. It talked about all sorts of pride events coming up. Right on. That's all we got, Ava. Yeah, well, I knock it on the head. No, I. Uh, I tell people. I uh, just want to tell people that come to Pioneer Square. Yes. Um, I was come to the Meyer. Yeah, I was get a little frustrated when I see uh, postings on uh, Facebook about how a particular business closed. And the first thing is people are ranting about how the whole city has gone to hell in a handbasket. And you don't know why these people closed. That might be bad business. It might be a million reasons. And nobody talks about all the businesses that, well, all the businesses that endured the pandemic, uh, businesses that have been here forever, and businesses that are opening here today. Uh, it's primarily, I see, is a positive story. Uh, I love being here. I love Pioneer Square. I think uh, the city uh, has a gem in its hands, and they should they should be uh, promoting this. You know. Yeah. Um, here, here for sure. More to it, Seattle than just a market and uh, and Capitol yeah, that's Hill. That's right. And, and we this, should also say oh, this, this neighborhood did, does, and always will have some fantastic restaurants, um, some fantastic bars like we're in here, uh, and uh, there's. Uh, if, vibrant art scene there's some some amazing galleries definitely uh, there is wine bars there's bookstores of uh, vinyl uh, Bon Voyage vintage some amazing vintage shops in, in this neighborhood and, yeah. and it's, it's yeah. amazing that you can be in a dive bar one thing that's fun about being in the dive bar is that you can feel that neighborhood and, yeah, and it's a neighborhood that has uh, unique flavors that no other city has this is a this is the Seattle version of it so if you see this, you see something that's truly Seattle and uh, not another Bad Bath and Beyond. I don't even know if they're around anymore, but, you know, because that's everywhere else, you know. And, and I'm sure a lot of cities in the, in the U.S. have neighborhoods like these and by God support it because that's 
what the city is all about. It's a very good point. No Bed Bath and Beyond in no, Pioneer Square. No old navy. Nope. Sorry. Nope. <laughs> Wasn't yeah. here. Isn't here now. Never will be. No Urban Outfitters. And we also our listener that's got Although a key near. Like three blocks up, but you know whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Pottery barn. <laughs> Pottery barn. Avout also owns Shorty's Coney Island in Belltown, Pinball Inn, Hot Dogs. And if you come here, you get the same experience. Little mini Shorties. He's got three machines at the back right now. Black Knight, uh, Elvira, and Wizard of Oz. Three mm-hmm. amazing machines. We got the same dog menu. You come on down, get a dog. If you've heard like what sounds like the band was kicking in, we're actually right in front of a basketball hoop shooting. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> That's what that is. <laughs> All right, they I got, got bad. They got a bad drummer. My they God, Keith <laughs> Moon. <laughs> we got one more shout out to give to the house band Satan's Pilgrims. Actually, Satan's Pilgrims are best friends with Avout, right. which is how uh, we, we got to know them. Dim Lights got to know Satan's through Avout. John and is on his way, but I don't think he's going to make it on time. Yep, Satan's bass player is on the way tonight into town. They also are playing with Pink Martini. They just announced they're going to be at. It's going to be at Chateau Saint Michel on August 27th. I am definitely going to see that show. Pink Martini and Satan's Pilgrims. Definitely see that show. Satan's Pilgrims' new album is out, which is a collaboration with uh, Satan's and Pink Martini. And Thomas Lauderdale, the right. piano player from Pink yeah. Martini. So it's served with this 30 years in classical piano on top. It's amazing. I love it. They've been working on that for uh, 25, 25 years. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Thomas Lauderdale became kind of enamored with um, with the Pilgrims, and they live in Portland, and they started just jamming together and writing songs over the years, and they're finally all out. And uh, so check out the new album, Satan's Pilgrims Meets Thomas Lauderdale. Come see him at Chateau St. Michel on August 27th. Dave will be there. I'll be there. We'll all be there. there. I'll be be there. there. Oh, yeah. All right. All right. So with that, let's knock it on the head. Will you you be uh, peddling your uh, Louis merchandise? You'll be... You know what, Avad, I am so glad. I'm reaching into my pocket right now and pulling out our new Dim Lights and Stiff Drinks stickers. Oh, stickers. Oh, my God. But I am super, super disappointed we don't have the coasters yet. We're working on it. Very soon we'll have the coasters. Uh, We've got a banner in the works, all sorts of crazy merch and shit to support the podcast and, and the crew. Thanks for thanks for inviting me. Thank you, Avad. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you soon. Peace.